Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network in conjunction with the Sampson Family Foundation, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. Now here's Ralph and your host, Mac McDonald. Welcome into the Winner's Circle Network with Ralph Sampson, and this is Center Court. Hope you're having a, a great couple days and, and celebrating. And uh, Ralph, we have maybe one of the most, if not the most influential female in sports, uh, Val Ackerman, right around the corner. When we come back from the break, um, she is going to be with us. And boy, you talk about a name in the game of basketball who played at Virginia, played under Debbie Ryan. You know her very well. Val Ackerman is one of the top names. She's one of the great names in basketball. Well, Mac, as, as uh, we know, we'll get into as well from, you know, UVA in the late seventies to the hall of fame, uh, commissioner of WNBA. Uh, I mean, the list goes on for her accolades and well-deserved now Hall of Fame member. I'm looking forward to September. I will be there. Mike, let, we need to go there and support her and be that make that happen, which we'll do. But um, the story, the history, the pedigree, I mean, she hadn't, to me, she, I mean, she hadn't changed much, right, from right. the UBA days because she was a hardcore basketball player. Loved the sport, loved the game and a great, great citizen at University of Virginia. Yeah, terrific leader. Uh, now commissioner of the Big East Conference. Uh, she was the first, you were just talking about the first president of the Women's National Basketball Association. Uh, she served from 96 to 05. So imagine taking on that project and being in on the ground floor of, uh, of the WNBA. I mean, that's, you know, that just shows her, you know, just shows what Val Ackerman can accomplish. You know, we'll, we'll see kind of in this interview what she, her, her, her rhyme or reason, her, her points and her big, like you said, the five D's, but she, you know, I, I, I don't think she ever will retire. I mean, it's what's next. And I'm looking forward to great things from her. Not that she doesn't go, hadn't done great things already. Right. So mm-hmm. um, very, very special person in, in, in my world and look forward to this interview. Have you, um have you been watching the playoffs, by the way, the, the, uh, the NBA, the guys, have you been watching the NBA playoffs? Well, Mike, I haven't, I haven't watched much basketball. Normally, I, I don't watch a lot of NBA basketball. I watch college basketball during the season, mostly. And uh, to start watching the NBA the last maybe month of the season. So now I begin to watch a lot more NBA playoff basketball. And it's getting ready to get real exciting, you know, with the Knicks being in the playoffs for the first mm-hmm. time in such a long time, playing against, you know, the Washington team. And then, you know, the other night, the the the, the, uh, the Nets and – Kevin Durant, Harden, and, and Kyrie Irving just blew it. You know, this wiped the team off the off the face of the court. So that's going to be interesting. And then you got the story out west with LeBron, Kevin, uh, Anthony Davis, and that crew trying to play. And Mac, think about this: they won the championship last year, mm-hmm. LA. They had to play in to get into the uh, <laughs> yeah. into into the into the you know playoffs. And like it's crazy how one year just turned and they. They traded, got rid of some of the core guys on their team, but they thought they were getting better. And then LeBron gets hurt, uh, after Davis gets hurt, et cetera. So one year, you the king of the castle, and next year, you the trying to get in the castle. Right. Uh, I know with Val, we'll talk about, uh, and speaking of basketball and college basketball, I know we'll, we'll, we'll get into the name, image, likeness uh, story with her. 
And it's, you know, the NCAA is trying to put some, some handcuffs on some of the things. And, but it sounds like this summer and, you know, some of the States now are stepping forward and they're saying, Hey, we're going to have this. This is going to be uh, you know, it's going to be a reality in this summer, you know, maybe in July, we might really have some legislation that's going to open our eyes. Yeah. They say come, come, you know, early to mid July, some, something's going to happen, especially, you know, hopefully on a national level, but Florida's already mandated that they are doing their own thing. And, mm-hmm. So Virginia, I know, is trying to figure their thing out as well. So it could be interesting to see what happens. And uh, I say it all the time. It's going, it's going to be interesting to see how the NCAA and these universities uh, deal with this issue for sure. All right. When we come back, Val Ackerman is going to be with us, current commissioner of the Big East Conference. She had her undergrad at Virginia. She got her master's and uh, her law degree at UCLA. So it'll be fun to, to catch up with her. Val Ackerman around the corner. When we come back, this is Center Court on the Winner's Circle Network. The mission for the Samson Family Foundation is simple. We strive to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The Samson Family Foundation encourages limitless possibilities. Your financial support is tax deductible. To learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. I can can personally attest that uh, if you play sports early on, whether it's at a youth level, at a high school level, at a collegiate level, there are things that you take away from that 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 come back and and help you uh, in a positive way later on in life, particularly uh, if you choose to, to work in any number of professions. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball player Ralph Sampson. Once again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome into the Winter Circle Network, and welcome back. I'm Mac McDonald with Ralph Sampson. And Ralph, uh, I tell you what, very pleased to have this lady on today. Yeah, Mac, she, you know, some, some, she'll, she'll laugh at this. From Debbie Ryan and, and the heydays of, of UVA female basketball, that was mm-hmm. uh, great to watch, to the creation or the creator or one of the creators of the WNBA to mm-hmm. now the Hall of Fame. So what a what a ride to see and be friends over – we won't, Val, we won't say how many years. We say it's been a good journey, and we still got more to go. So Val Ackerman, the Big East Commissioner, so thanks for joining us, and how are you? Oh, God, I'm, I'm better seeing you guys <laughs> today and being with you, Ralph, especially Mac. We go back a long ways, guys. We really do. Um, so thanks very much for having me. Yeah, you were one of my first athletic interviews, actually, when I got on campus in 1980 and started to prepare for fall. I mean, yeah, I had to do the football stuff, but you were one of the first people I talked to. Uh, you won't remember that, but anyway, I, I remember. <laughs> of course I remember. Were, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You were, see, I couldn't get to Ralph. Ralph was untouchable, but uh, you were, you were terrific. Val, what a career, huh? As Ralph just talked about the run. Do you, do you reflect on it and sometimes just say, wow? Well, of course, Mac, I mean, I feel lucky in, you know, many ways because my journey has brought me to the, uh, 
in some ways the four corners of the basketball world. Um, starting out at UVA, I'll never ever forget those incredible days in Charlottesville. Um, Ralph, I remember when you came to town, what a big deal that was for all of us. Um, and you met every expectation when you when you showed up on grounds. Um, you're, you're right. I mean, it was a long time ago that our, our women's basketball team in Virginia with Coach Ryan was just getting off the ground. I was in her first class yes, yes. in the fall of 77. Yes, and so that, that program, women's college basketball generally has come a really long way. So no, Mac, I, I never had any vision of my career. It's been unplanned in every way, but it's been really, really exciting. And I've met great people along the way, which is the best part. What made you go to UVA? I mean, everybody always asks me that question, right? Why, why did you go to Virginia? I mean, I, I, was, I went to visit Kentucky, and I said, I'm going to Kentucky, and, and the Rupp Arena, they offer you everything under the sun, right? So what made you go to, go to UVA? Yeah, we were glad you came to Virginia. <laughs> For me, it was, you know, Coach Ryan, I mentioned her, was actually from my hometown. I don't know if you all knew this. But we went to the same high school. She was about mm, six or seven years ahead of me. She was very young when she took over the head coaching job at Virginia. I think she was only 24 or so. And so uh, that was definitely a factor. I knew her family. Uh, my, my parents felt comfortable with uh, her guardianship. And, you know, when you go to Charlottesville, you all know, I mean, you take one look at the place. It's a great campus, a great school. Uh, we were playing, of course, back in U-Haul those days. Um, they, yeah. they didn't have JPJ as no, a recruiting no. hook back then. No. But, um, but you know, everything about it um, seemed to be, you know, it was a good feel for me and no second thoughts, great experience all the way around. Yep. I used to love to listen to Debbie tell the early stories of the Virginia women's program, you guys in the men's locker rooms, uh, you guys decorating urinals with flowers, <laughs> the, whole, the whole experience at that time, trying to put the women's basketball program, her battles with her uncle, uh, Gene Corrigan, uh, rest his soul, just truly one of the greats of all time. Uh, did you have a very strong relationship with Gene Corrigan? Did you call on him a lot to get his uh, philosophies? Yeah, eventually I did, Mac. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in fact, when I took this job as commissioner of, of the Big East, one of the very first people I called was Gene. Mm -hmm. Because I, um, I was familiar with working in a league office setting due to my 16 years at the, uh, at the NBA and the WNBA, mm -hmm. 16 combined. But I was new to the college world, and it really is a different animal. There's some similarities with the pros, but it was different. And I, um, I was looking for every bit of counsel I could get early on. And who better to call than him? And, of course, he was great. He described his experience at the Atlantic Coast Conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, you know, I actually checked in with him over the years, was very sorry to lose him. It was one of my last trips last year, actually. Yeah. was making a trip to Charlottesville for, uh, for Gene's memorial service. So um, he was a great commissioner, great AD, and great yes. Debbie Ryan, Val Ackerman, and the crew, 77, to, to, to Gino, right, as assistant coach. Right. Goes on to UConn and becomes the Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, he's Deval, done okay. Yeah. Now DeVal Hall of Fame, but commissioner of the Big East and started WNBA. UVA needs to step up a little bit more, I think, right? Because we got some great people that's come from there, and I think they need to recognize us a little bit more. I'm sure we all would agree. Yeah, if somebody in the athletic department would overachieve, we'd be good, right, Val? Exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm with Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. And Val, to step into a commissioner's role, and just, to, you know, you're talking about that with Gene, and nobody better to, to kind of help you. What's been your big learning, you know, your biggest learning experience as far as being a commissioner? 
Well, I had some experience, Mac, at the uh, at the WNBA, of course, mm-hmm. um, but different setup. I mean, we, um, you know, we were housed with the NBA. David Stern was sort of right there. Russ Granick, longtime deputy commissioner, himself a Hall of Famer, yeah. was um, one, one of my closest mentors and still a very good friend. And so I always had those guys to uh, look up to and learn from and lean on. Um, and, and really, you know, I'm, I've been more on my own with the uh, with the Big East. And so but the lessons I learned there, you know, especially the way David thought about, um, you know, community outreach and technology and, um, you know, just sort of the way you run an organization and engaging people. I mean, those he, he was a visionary and I don't I don't have that always, but just learning from him helped me um, tremendously. And I think in the college space, it's really just a matter of making sure you got everybody involved in a decision that needs to be involved. Sometimes I've got to think hard about who I got to bring in for things. Yeah. Right. But great, great experience to come back to my roots as a collegiate athlete and now be working on the uh, the management side, so to speak. Yeah, it's a fun ride to come back and uh, smell the college gym, right? Smell the college place. See the young girls out there trying to participate or young athletes instead of the uh, the, uh, the females that are at WNBA. I got to be good friends with the UVA's women's coach and understand her story, you know, in the WM, she was your first pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, a good friend of mine, BJ Johnson, that passed away, a tragic accident, we would tell the story that he helped convince her basically at, at the last minute because she was going to go to uh, USC law school. She didn't want to play professional basketball because there wasn't a win league. So the last minute, I guess she flies to New York and she becomes the first pick. And now she's a coach at UVA women's basketball team. Yeah, incredible story. A lot of connections here, Ralph, to be sure. And Tina was truly one of the all-time greats. I do remember our first draft, yep. calling her name out. Uh, we were thrilled. She was part of the league in those memorable early years. Um, she played part of the big three with the Houston Comets, yep, yep. Um, which won our first four championships. An incredible team. Van Chancellor, the old Miss coach, became yep. their coach. So. A lot of great people uh, that you meet along the way in this line of work. Absolutely. Val Ackerman, the commissioner of the Big East Conference, is our guest on the Winter Circle Network and Center Court with Ralph Sampson. All right. I, I know you lost a lot of sleep over the last year, so I have to ask. Um, the fateful weekend, John Grisham even said when the words came across, the NCAA tournament was canceled. But that weekend of all the conference tournaments, Val, can you take us through what went down and how disturbing that weekend had to be? A black Saturday, I guess we could call it. Yeah, well, uh, you know, that was uh, really a dark period for for everybody in the sports world, Mac. I mean, I remember, you know, beginning in sort of mid to late February um, as the virus was Mm -hmm. hitting the U.S., hitting New York. um, We all started paying attention um, to what that might mean for, uh, in our case, our tournament, the NCAA tournament, and, and really starting uh, many days before the Big East tournament, the Garden, I started convening our, our presidents. I had medical advisors. We were all trying to understand what was happening, how quickly it was happening, and what to do. We, uh, the, the, the days leading into the Big East tournament, I had eight convenings of my presidents. I mean, we were meeting <laughs> every single day. And I was wow. saying, hey guys, I'm getting worried. You know, don't know what to do. We need some counsel, et cetera. We decided to uh, use as our North Star the city of New York. Um, we were relying on governmental authorities. And, and, and really around that time, you were starting to see cities making decisions about large gatherings. I remember San Francisco, for example, putting a cap on fans at sporting events. Um, we didn't have that in New York. 
I had a contact directly with the city and they were telling me really up until the last minute, it was good to go that we could keep going. Mm. The day we canceled the Big East tournament, I'd had a meeting that morning with my presidents. The game started at noon. We adjourned the meeting around 1130. 40 minutes later, I got a phone call from the city saying they were about to shut down later that day. Broadway, um, schools, you name it, we're going to get closed. And so the morning was, you know, you guys, it, the time is now. It, it's, you know, it's going to end. So we got everybody on the phone. My presidents had all dispersed, made the decision easily at that point to cancel the Big East tournament. We had a game underway mm. at Creighton St. John's at the Garden nearing the end of the first half. So at the, when the first half ended, we pulled the players off the floor and that was it. That was yeah. the end of the Big East tournament. Wow. So it was crazy. It was, um, you know, all the other leagues were making similar decisions. Later that day, the NCAA tournament uh, was shut down, as were all spring sport championships. And so, and we followed suit there. We canceled the rest of our spring season. And it was surreal. I mean, that's the only way I can put it. We, you know, we, we were, you know, crushed. Um, our athletes were, were devastated. I mean, it was, the garden was shut for many months thereafter. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was just a matter at that point of just picking up the pieces, figuring out what we do next. And thank goodness we were able to have mostly, most of a basketball season this year. And hopefully next year, this will be in the rearview mirror. But I, you know, I'll never forget that day and hope it never happens again. Anything like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And for me to be on the women's I have found that um, to be successful as a woman in the sports business does take a certain thickness of skin. You know, you have to be really good at what you do, but I think that's the case in any profession. You have to roll with things at times because you just do. You have to have a sense of humor. You have to know at times when to pick your spots. I think the women who are um, really good um, care deeply about sports. The Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation present Center Court with Hall of Fame basketball star Ralph Sampson. Again, here's Ralph and Mac. Welcome back in the Winner's Circle Network and Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Our guest is the Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman going into the uh, Hall of Fame. We're very proud of her for that and former uh, Virginia player. Val, I know you were hired by the NCAA a while back to, to study the women's game and uh, with all your leadership skills and did you carry a lot of what you did at the WNBA to be able to do that? Was there a lot of that that you could, you know, you could fall back on? Yeah, very much so, Mac. Um, the NCAA had actually approached me about a position in Indianapolis. I didn't want to make that move, but I said, mm -hmm. look, if I can be of any help as you think out women's sports or women's basketball in particular, please let me know. And that led to the uh, consultancy. Uh, with them back in uh, 2012, 2013. And that led to the report that I delivered literally right before I took my Big East position. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, uh, I very much relied on prior experiences, um, tried to bring perspectives on not only the basketball side of things, but on the business front, how women's basketball could be um, you know, better leverage commercially promoted, et cetera, and, and sort of could keep on growing. It really is still, um, the, um, the, the most popular in many ways, women's sport at all levels 
and and the crown jewel, the women's final four and the women's championship are the crown mm-hmm. jewel of the NCAA's women's sports portfolio. So, um, you know, I did try my best to offer some ideas about how to sort of address future possibilities. And um, hopefully, you know, a lot of press around that this past spring, of course, with this equity inquiry and the report for that is due apparently in mid-July. I'll be very interested. I have spoken to the people conducting the report about some thoughts I have, and it'll be very interesting to see what they come back with when that report gets delivered in mid-July. Good stuff. So, Mag, with that, then we had some conversation about the name, image, and likeness, mm-hmm. and then and then the other one, the transfer portal. What's your opinion of that? Because I always think that, you know, NCAA says student athlete with student first and athlete second. So I should be able to get paid minimal wage as a as an athlete and get a maybe a summer job just so I become a student and have some of the perks that students have off off the playing field as well, like being recruited by companies at the end of their end of their senior year. But what is your opinion? Because your your career is amazing, obviously, and you athlete, great athlete, great role model, great now Hall of Famer. What's your opinion about the name, image, and likeness of players be paid? and or the transfer portal, because I think that's going to hurt the game of basketball for the next two years, at least. Well, Ralph, you know, I think it remains to be seen what effect they'll have, both of those, that the introduction of name, image, likeness opportunities for the athletes, which will happen. And then these, um, the lightening up of restrictions around transfers, which to your point could result in a lot more transfers in college basketball. There's a lot to begin with, but it could go up. And so that is a question right now, what impact both of them and both of them together, because people could transfer for NIL reasons. Right, right, <laughs> so right, right, right. They right. could sort of come together, you know, yeah. um, maybe that's a reason a, a kid decides to leave a school. Um, so, you know, these will be very um, important developments this summer when these go into effect. Um, I think to your point about, you know, making things, uh, you know, better for student athletes, they're both intended to do that. Um, NIL is not supposed to be pay for play. What, what it really will mean is that the athletes can now get money from third parties um, in connection with either businesses that they're um, running, they have time, or endorsement arrangements that they might be able to strike. So frankly, for somebody like you, if you'd had this when, when you were you know, in Charlottesville um, many years ago, this would have been, been a big deal. We, you know, the rules weren't allowing for that back then. They weren't allowing it for athletes 10 years ago or five years ago. So this is something brand new. And it is intended to show that the NCAA is more in step with the times. How it happens, the role of the states, the role of Congress, um, the NCAA has a rules package that's ready to be voted on, um, which will be a starting point. I mean, how all that sort of unfolds and and the roles of all of those groups, I think, remains to be seen. Um, I think you asked my opinion. I think it's really good for the athletes. I hope they take advantage of these um, these opportunities. Yeah, yeah. But the impact, to your point, Ralph, on what this will mean for the sport, the business, the enterprise, uh, no one knows. I, I think it just remains to be seen. We'll know more in a year or two, I think. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Could you have seen the Ralph Sampson merchandise tent? <laughs> <laughs> Mac, I, I told you, I, I still see it. I still see it today in Mincers, and I don't know how I get any money from that jersey. So I have no clue. I would have bought a Ralph Sampson T-shirt if he was selling it to me back then. Yeah, I had a, a, a proudly. I had a Sampson jersey, and one of my movers took it. So you know, that's that's what happens. Val Ackerman is our guest commissioner of the Big East, and uh, just truly one of the most influential. Um, people in sports not just you know female value you've done so much for so many 
I'm going to guess by me asking this question that the answer is yes. But uh, do you do you feel a responsibility to teach in your position every day? I do I do Mac? Um, I actually was a teacher between the WNBA and the Big East. I uh, was an adjunct at Columbia teaching a sports yeah. leadership class in their sports management program, and it right. was really great to be able to translate what you've learned and help, um, you know, it's a pay forward thing. You're just, you're helping that next generation of leaders get a quicker start. I mean, I didn't have, I didn't take sports management. I, you know, as a lawyer, um, I learned everything I know about the business on the job. So I, I do think these programs can be really helpful to young people who want to get into our business because they do give you a head start on issues of the day and, um, and key developments and trends. Mm -hmm. So I, I did it, I did it formally, but to your point, I, I take every opportunity to talk to young people. I mean, I get emails all the time. Hey, can I interview you for this paper? <laughs> or I want to interview you for some project I'm working on, or can you give me some career advice? So-and-so said to call you. I always, I always take time. I, you know, the people that did that for me when I was coming up, I'll be forever grateful to, uh, for, you know, to, for that, giving me a few minutes of their day and a little bit of inspiration because it's hard to get a job in this business. Mm. Um, there's more jobs than when I started out, which is good, but it is hard. It's a really competitive line of work. People all, you know, people want to work in sports. They think it's glamorous and it is most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes it's a grind, but I do try to, um, you know, be a mentor, um, mostly informally, but, you know, again, help those, uh, leaders of tomorrow, get a, you know, get some information, inspiration that might help make a, their career dreams possible. You got to, you got to pay forward, sure, and get somebody from the back, but that's, uh, people did it for us, and I mean, we, I mean, again, but that's that UVA feel as well, and I think that's obviously no other better school in the country than that, and the people we had opportunity to be around, not only just athletes, administration, teachers, I mean, I still see teachers and people, being back in Charlottesville is pretty cool for me, because you reconnect with everybody there, for sure. I'm I sure. think when you, and I think when you have to deal with the COVID weekend, Val, like you did, and where you, your leadership skills are really put to the test. As we related your five Ds, there was a whole ton of that going on, had to be with, with that kind of weekend. And now almost in college sports, every month there's a new, like right now, you're talking about the name, image, and likeness and how that's going to be legislated. I think that's going to be very, very difficult across the board. I mean, the NCAA, I think is going to have a lot of, pro a lot of trouble with that. Well, it's going to be, I think, frankly, a messy launch. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially if um, some states allow it and others don't, and we don't have either Congress or the NCA jumping in with a national framework. I mean, that's right. going to be, that's going to be very chaotic. Um, you know, as I, it's complicated in college sports. It's not like the pros because of recruiting. Folks are concerned about boosters and fair market value of deals and sure. disclosures and conflicts with school deals. Hmm. I mean, if um, you know, if, if UVA, for example, has a pop big Papa John's deal, and a prominent student athlete wants to do a deal with Domino's, you know, right. what does that look like for the Papa John's deal? Is that going to make them want to spend less in a deal that benefits everybody? And what does that mean hmm. for Carla's budget? And you know, I will laud Carla, just so you all know, Carla was on the working group that helped develop this framework and a really, you know, incredible contributor there and, and brought her experiences, not only from UVA, but Georgia and as a student athlete to bear on this inquiry. So we've had some really good minds at, at all of this, a lot of lawyers involved, but I, I agree with you. I think it is going to, there's a lot of unknowns here, but we have to go. I mean, this is the right time. We've got to move on this. And again, hopefully uh, student athletes will um, be, you know, be better for it.
Yeah, perfect timing. You know, and, I mean, COVID and I mean, just timing of everything just came, you know, re really fast here with the country, the COVID, athletes, et cetera. So it's kind of a crazy time in our world, but uh, hopefully this fall or next year would be totally different. Val, before we let you go, is it, can we say college athletics is in a healthy state? Well, I think, I think there are elements of how I'd put it, um, Mac, there are elements of college sports that are amazing and timeless. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this, the, the affection that alums have for their alma maters, their willingness to support the name on the front of the Jersey, um, the experiences that these programs create for athletes. I mean, I would not be sitting here talking to you guys had I not been a student athlete at UVA. I mean, it is like full stop. I would not be who I am today without Debbie Ryan saying, please come here. Me saying, yes, get my degree from this amazing school. And you and they paid for it. Right. And, and I'm not alone. I'm not alone. There are legions, millions of athletes over the years who've gotten this experience. So that to me, we're, you know, it's like a public service here that's being provided. There are things about college sports that have to evolve, have to get managed. Um, you know, we have to make sure that our athletes, I think you said it, Ralph, we have to be treated in the right way. We entrust a lot of a lot to these young people. So we need to do right by them. So it's a journey, mm -hmm. you know, it's a journey. I, I don't see college sports going away. I see it evolving. Hopefully it'll be improving. And, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm not a magician here, but I do want to do my part to make it as, you know, as valuable an experience for everybody concerned. Yeah. So that, and, you know, I can be of any help and let me know. I could be the tallest guy in the room listening. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Val Ackerman, Big East Commissioner, and Val, it's so great to catch up. One more question. Are we going to get fans back in the fall and winter for 2021? Colleagues report they're optimistic about fans coming back. Yeah. We've sort of figured out the playbook on COVID, so hopefully vaccines will be widely distribu distributed. Um, for kids that don't get them, they'll have to test and may have to quarantine if there's outbreaks. But I think we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel here in terms of how we manage college athletics. So, I, you know, and as it relates to next basketball season, I think all of us are really hopeful that we'll be Absolutely. back in yeah, business. That'll be so good. And if of Madison course, Square Garden was any indication from yeah. <laughs> just a couple of days ago. So, Val, thank you so much. Great to catch up. All the best. Uh, congratulations yeah. on all your success and the, the well-deserved uh, award and election. It's uh, it's really good to catch up. Great. Thanks, guys. Great being with both of you. Uh, stay safe. Thanks so much. Center Court with Rob Sampson on the Winter Circle Network rolls on. We'll be right back. To get into sports casting, you need experience just to get your foot in the door. I can't tell you how many times in my career somebody will ask me, how do I get into your business? How do I become a sportscaster? The first thing I ask is, what have you done? Do you have any experience? And the answer is normally nothing yet because they couldn't find a program that provided the real world experience that you need to get started. So I set out to create a program designed for the next wave of sportscasting talent. And my partner was an obvious one. Full Sail University, great track record in entertainment and media, great alumni group, and the ability to evolve as the industry changes. We're offering a bachelor's degree that combines the professional expertise that my fellow sportscasters and I have built our careers on with the technologies shaping the world of sports. To succeed in this business, you have to be ready for what's next. But the core of great sportscasting I don't think will ever change. And this program brings it all together. Basketball team there was 
uh, was like taking a class because of the things I learned. But also, you know, the fact that my team didn't do so well early on um, forced me to have to deal with failure and adversity and picking up and, and moving on the next day. And I think that lesson, the lesson of how to respond to defeat, is really one of the most powerful lessons that sports can teach because not everybody wins. This is Center Court, presented by the Winner's Circle Network in association with the Sampson Family Foundation. Great to have you with us on the Winter Circle Network. Our guest is Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman going into the Basketball Hall of Fame this fall. Ralph, I would say that Val has got this Hall of Fame thing down, don't you think? She's got it down. So, Mac, you know, when you, 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 you know, so I had the experience to get the Hall of Fame call twice. The first time I got it, you know, they said, no, okay, great, but you up for it uh, again. Uh-huh. But I got the College Hall of Fame that year, right? And mm-hmm. then... The following year, I got a call. So, about what was that call like? Because I, I, I remember where I was. I was, I was walking in my parents' door, like, "Oh, we're gonna call you." For me, like, "Okay, you call." Maybe I get it, maybe I don't, right? And so, I was in my parents' house, walking in the door. I got a call, and that's when I was. So, what was that like? What feel? Because it's a different feeling. You, you think you get in, you don't know you get in. But what was that feeling to get that call? Uh, amazing, amazing, Ralph. I mean, uh, I, you know, I knew I was nominated. Yes. Um, and I, I actually came through something called the contributor committee. You were a di- yes. bit different. I think you came through what they call North American, which yes. is yes. Um, you know, players and coach and men's players and coaches. So I knew I was on a different sort of process there. Um, and uh, you know, I'll be honest, I was sort of tipped off by a really close friend. <laughs> that oh, there you go. There. Likely coming down. No fair. No so fair. I, okay. I kind of had stages, right? I had sort of stages of knowledge here. Okay. Okay. But when it became official and I found out that news, it was um, it was amazing. I mean, I, you know, all I could think was how grateful I am for all the opportunities that basketball sent my way. I mean, having a chance to play basketball at a place like Virginia, I played overseas. I worked my, my job all these years. Hasn't been like your job in basketball, Ralph. I mean, I had a different angle on, on the game. But to be able to work for the NBA and the WNBA and to work with USA Basketball and get get a taste of the international basketball world and now being in college, men and women's basketball. I mean, I um, I, I just I, none of it was planned. Um, I, you know, I've loved every minute. I've had some hard days at the office, <laughs> haven't mm-hmm. we all? Yep, yep. But, um, you know, I'm just so you know, grateful again for the, everything basketball's done for me in my life. Gave me a free education at a great school starting there. So um, it was a thrill and an honor to get this news officially. And, um, you know, it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving because every day, you know, you hear from friends. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been really, really fun. After all that, the history or whatever, I mean, I know, I mean, we used to work out in the little bitty weight room at University Hall and see the girls work out, we work out. They got obviously big things now at UVA. So, but I, I know Val's passion and drive because she played the game the right way and was very tough. And I'm sure in the business world, you're tough as well. So, but but what's next? I mean, Mac, you know, you, you got USA Basketball, you got the Hall of Fame, you got WNBA, you got Big East Conference. I mean, what's, I know you're motivated. So I know there's something coming after this or, Retirement. No, you're not. You're never going to retire. You're never going to retire. Retirement. Yeah, maybe something like that. I have to say though, Ralph, I want to go back to this. When you talked about some of our memories, I just I remember, I remember day. Um, you guys, the men's team, you guys practiced before us one day, and we would flip. Terry was really good about you know flipping. Absolutely. I remember one day practicing, and uh, you guys were um, we were done, 
And I was doing foul shots, you know, cause that's how we always wound down practice. And I remember standing there and all of a sudden I had a hand on my head. <laughs> I just, it was like someone was trying to palm my head from behind. <laughs> and I'm going, my head is getting palmed. <laughs> What's going on here? And I turn around and it was my good friend. <laughs> palming my head but one thing i mean my in seriousness here i so appreciated the camaraderie right um between our teams i mean the friendships that we had um with you and with jones and with lamp and raker and othell and later ricky and carrie gates um it, it was so special that we had that bond you know, and going to your games was such a thrill you all were doing so well we were so proud of everything that you guys accomplished for Virginia basketball. So I just want to say, I'll never forget those days. I don't know about, you may have forgotten about them. No, I'll no, never... I, I remember the weight rooms. I remember the, the running the steps. And I tell everybody all the time, like, for, for me, that's the way college basketball should be, right? College sports should be. Because we were, I mean, even though we didn't have the best facility they have now, I mean, UVA, the basketball, they got their own facility on the weight room, right? Girls, boys, but they don't see the football team. They don't see the the track team, they don't see everybody in one building. So I, UVA and University Hall obviously has never did my heart very special. So sad to see it go. I know it needed to be. But I don't think college sports have that anymore. I mean, what's your opinion about it? Because we, we had a great time as a community of sports people, and I don't think they have that today. Yeah, it's hard. Well, I'm not on campus, right? I'm working in a conference office. So I'm a step away. I, I do think that those bonds are there among the athletes. I mean, there's you know, especially this past year, so many athletes came together on social and racial justice. Yeah. Um, gender equity is a hot topic now, and it's good to see men's athletes supporting women's athletes in a really authentic kind of way this year. But it's much more of a business, I think, than when you and I were there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, now yeah. the commercial elements of sports are really profound. Revenue is so important. The financial implications of everything come into play with decisions. But I, I do think there's still some really timeless elements that are left there. And certainly for me, that made my experience at Virginia, having the benefit of those relationships that as we, you know, as you guys can tell, I mean, they're enduring. You never forget about them. Ralph, in uh, 05 April, I'm going to brag on Val Ackerman. She was named a sports business journals list of the 20 most influential women in sports business. I mean, of all, I mean, she got a million honors. Val, what did basketball teach you? I mean, God, the WNBA and the Olympics and FIBA and all the, what did, what has the game of basketball taught you? You know, Mac, I, I think what I, what I've seen in basketball is the, the incredible power of sports and that game to bring people together, mm-hmm. um, you know, just across every spectrum of humanity, people play the game, people watch the game. Um, people work in the game and people care deeply about, um, you know, what it represents again, is this bond. Um, and so I've seen that really at every level globally, domestically, you know, men, women, there are sort of within the game, I think different cultures. So I, I have different sides of myself here because I've got like my women's basketball Mm. group over here and the men's college basketball world's just sort of a different deal. And then I got the pro world um, and then the national team space is different and globally um, it's, it's a different setup all, all together. And then of course, you've got the people who work in high school basketball. I mean, mm-hmm. I still have close ties with my, my high school coach. Um, I, you know, my heart goes out to, you know, and my gratitude extends to youth basketball administrators. They're really, I was a girls basketball coach for a while with my own kids. And so that's really God's work teaching young kids, not only the game, but the values around the game. 
Um, and so I think just basketball as a communicator, as a vehicle for, um, for change in many ways, um, and a way to bring people together, I think are the biggest lessons uh, I've learned. And I've, you know, I've been a beneficiary of that. And I try to do my part too, to keep that effectiveness, that, mm -hmm. you know, that value, that benefit of the game of basketball going. The game just teach you, teaches you a lot more about life, especially at this age. But you look back and reflect back on your high school coach. I mean, Coach Holland, Debbie Ryan, you, uh, Strowman, everybody that you were around that you still have that great camaraderie with. So I, I cherish those moments that we can talk and get together because it's not like before. But for me, it's very, very special. She, she was compiling five Ds. And again, it wasn't on a report card. All right decision do decisions delay delegation dividing the leadership that's how she runs her college business so Val I'm going to let you uh I'm going to let you take us through that and how you came up with your five the only time in your whole life you came up with five days <laughs> yeah and I don't know frankly Mac I don't know where they came from I just sort of one day got asked the leadership question and this came to mind but I think it works. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I wrote them down when you said them. So, you know, this is what I, I think leaders do need to do and need to do well at some mm. level or consistently well to be effective. So the five D's, you know, you reeled them off, but they were due. Leaders have to do things. Sometimes mm. it's only you that can do something. You can't lay it off on someone else. So that's a action. The leader takes the action. Deciding, being a good decision maker is critically important for leaders. I mean, the buck you know, stops with you yeah. many times. And so um, you can make a bad decision every now and again, but you know, if it costs a lot of money or somebody gets hurt, it's a tough, it's a tough day. Mm -hmm. So deciding being a good decision maker is not is right up there. Um, the delay for me was learning how to delay making a decision because sometimes <laughs> you can just you can hang out <laughs> and not decide. <laughs> And frankly, that was last year with COVID when we were sort of going through mm -hmm. last spring and last summer, trying to figure out the fall and the winter, we found ourselves saying, wait, you know, we don't have to decide this right now. Let's just see what happens in the next few weeks or months as this virus sort of ricochets around the country. So delaying, knowing when to delay, I think is an important skill on decision-making. Delegating is really important for leaders because you can't do it all. You're going to have to mm -hmm. have a good staff, a great staff. And I have a great staff at the Big East. And you got to trust them to do things that you can't do or shouldn't do. So mm -hmm. delegating is, a bit, is an important skill. And then the dividing up for me was my way of saying, um, you know, you have to know who to bring in on decisions and actions. Um, you can't do it all. Sometimes you have to report to a board. Um, every commissioner works with ADs. I've got 11 ADs now in the Big East that I work with regularly and I bring them in. And so that's sort of the dividing up, we, you know, mm -hmm. we sort of call it shared governance where people get their say and maybe you have to decide, but you need their input. So that's the division side of it. So this framework I, you know, I came up with, it works for me and, and probably looking at these, you know, these words probably every day <laughs> I do a little bit <laughs> and you got to sort of move in and out of each mode. So maybe your listeners will find that, um, you know, maybe modestly helpful. Ralph, that's the voice of a leader right there. Now, so well, uh, she only led the WBA, man. Come on, she yeah, only, you know, she yeah, only yeah. Uh, one day she'll she'll overachieve. Val Ackerman <laughs> is with us, former former Cavalier, now commissioner of the Big East. We'll come back with more on the Winter Circle Network, and this is Center Court.
Hi, this is Mac McDonald, host of Center Court. I've known Ralph Sampson for over 40 years. I watched him grow as a basketball player, achieving greatness at the University of Virginia and at the professional level. I always admired his work ethic and the things he did to be the best. Since he founded the Sampson Family Foundation, so many people, young and old, have benefited from Ralph's efforts. The mission for the foundation is simple, striving to uplift, empower, and educate the communities we live in. The foundation promotes charitable and community input, educational development, health and fitness, and scholarship opportunities. The Samson Family Foundation's initiatives focus on patients with cancer, educational scholarship programs, and give students guidance in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. If you'd like to learn more, call 540-615-5097. The website is samsonfamilyfoundation.org. Uplift, empower, educate. It takes teamwork to make the dream work. You're listening to Center Court with Hall of Famer Ralph Sampson. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. Welcome back on the Winner's Circle Network, and this is Center Court with Ralph Sampson. Really enjoyed uh, Val Ackerman. She, uh, you know, we probably didn't give her her due. She was a starter all four years at UVA, captain for three, and twice academic All-American for the women's basketball team. And if that's not enough, she was UVA's first basketball player to score a thousand points uh, from that side of the, you know, she, she got her BA in political and social thought. And if that's not enough in 97, she got UVA's distinguished alumni award from the university women's center. So Val Ackerman means a lot to sports means a lot to basketball. Her, um, her hall of fame induction is, is uh, just so well-deserved. And Mac, I mean, I don't know what else we can say about her, but like I said, uh, great friend, uh, over the years, we don't see each other often, uh, except for different events around the around the year. Um, you know, started UVA female basketball with Coach Ryan. Um, set the tone, set the pace. Like I said in the interview, from Debbie Ryan to Val Ackerman and the crew to Gino Oriema. Um, I mean, it, you know, the history is there at UVA and women's basketball. Yeah, and and you know the the I think the the, the court. And I'll I'll say this personally: the court. Um, like the, the, the guys that have the Barry Park Hill practice court, mm-hmm. right? The women's court has no name yet. So hopefully this will push the administration oh, to make it, make it the Bauer Ackerman court because, I mean, that legacy is strong and she needs to be there. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's very well said. She, uh, she played professionally in France for a year and then was hired as a staff attorney with the NBA. And uh, as they say, the rest is, uh, is certainly history. So uh, certainly well-deserved. It was great to, to catch up with her and, you know, help launch the WNBA, just something small, but now. Something small, not yeah. no big. Yeah. yeah, now commissioner of the Big East. So um, really uh, good stuff. Well, hey, I know we're moving into June. It's hard to believe. Uh, I've got a birthday coming up. It's not a big one yet, but it's <laughs> coming up in June. It's not a big one yet. But with that, I'm not promoting the birthday. I know you'll have, uh, you get your Massanutten camps rolling. I've certainly enjoyed our Thursday nights with Massanutten and, uh, and watching you work uh, with the guys. But your camps are coming up in late June, right? In late June, yes, we have one more virtual camp to go. It'd be number six of six. But they've been fun. Uh, people have been really responding. I think great question. And, Mac, you've done a great job, so I appreciate your help with that. 
but the camps will be fun. And it's kind of an extension of the virtual clinics. And I'm looking forward to at least being in the gym with kids again, because we missed it, you know, maybe yeah. the last uh, year and year and a half with that as well. But we're definitely looking forward to that. And, uh, Hey guys, join us. Just go to math nut and sign up and, uh, and come see me because it's going to be fun. You know, and Mac, everything opens up a little bit more. So typically we only had 10 kids. Maybe we can have a few more. Uh, but, you know, I'll be very creative and have some indoor, outdoor. Hopefully it doesn't rain some days, but uh, <laughs> we'll have three hours of fun in the morning. And it should be fun. Yeah, no, it should be good. I, I don't know uh, if I don't I, I don't know if you can remove your mask in June uh, from a COVID perspective. I'm not sure July, but maybe by August or September. Yeah, you might not be to move your mask. So we got to take some breaks. We can have more people. Yeah, but you can't remove your mask. We have a little bit of outdoor stuff we can do as well. And math yeah. up the doors when the gym go outdoors. So I can do all my dribbling and stuff outside, rotate my uh, sessions and, and and stations like that. But uh, it'll be it'll be pretty fun. No, it'll be good. And one thing I want to uh, I want to make sure and promote coming up next week. We've got uh, Graham Benzinger who's going to be with us. Uh, he's got a, a terrific show. He's interviewed everybody under the sun, and it'll be uh, fun to catch up with him next week. Uh, for more content and information on Center Court, you can follow us on at Center Court Podcast Fifty and at Ralph Sampson Fifty on all social media platforms. So I hope you have a good couple days and I will talk to you next week. And of course it'll be a, a shorter week, which is always good. Have some fun. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, everybody out there enjoy you know, having my board day coming up and I'm excited to hopefully have great weather and, and, and a little barbecue. Good stuff. For Ralph Sampson, I'm Mac McDonald and that's center court on the winner's circle network. You've been listening to center court with hall of fame basketball player, Ralph Sampson. Our podcast is available on the Believe Network at BLEAV.com. Center Court is presented by the Winner's Circle Network and the Sampson Family Foundation. For more information, log on to SampsonFamilyFoundation.org. Uplift. Empower. Educate. Teamwork makes the dream work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.